From Jaguar Sports Properties and the University of South Alabama Athletics. This is the Kane Womack Show. And sends it up the hash mark to keep the tribe alive. Your comments, questions, and insights from the coach. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile is brought to you by Alabama Power. Proud to support the South Alabama Jaguars. State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Sonny's Barbecue. Tool Expo and Construction Supplies, Konica Sausage, True Southern Flavor Since 1947, Air Specialty, Your Carrier Dealer, Turn to the Experts, the Alabama Department of Transportation, Drive Safe Alabama, China Doll and Dixie Lily Foods, Dolphins Restaurant, Elevating Your Dining Experience 424 Feet in the Heart of Mobile, Battlehouse Renaissance Hotel and Spa in Downtown Mobile, Mobile, Hacienda San Miguel and Azteca Restaurants, the IBEW Local 505, and by Coca-Cola and Coke Zero Sugar. Now, alongside Coach Kane Womack, live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, here's J.D. Byers and J.T. Crabtree. And welcome into the Kane Womack Show, coming to you from Baumhauer's Victory Grill every Monday. JT Crabtree, JD Byers will be along shortly, along with head coach Kane Womack. Charlie Harrison joins me now, uh, because if you're listening to this, we had a bit of an audio glitch, so <laughs> our first segment didn't actually go out on the air, so we're bringing this to you now. Charlie, um, you didn't get to go out to UCLA with us. Uh, I'm sorry, but... Um, it's fine. I had fun at volleyball. <laughs> you guys did have uh, some fun. We'll, of course, talk about um, South Alabama's uh, tough loss on the road to, to UCLA by one point this past weekend. Great showing from the Jags. Just fell up just a little bit short. But Charlie brought you on here real quick to um, talk about your weekend of South Alabama athletics with you being home with soccer and with volleyball. Um, how great was it? First off, volleyball was finally back home. Uh, this past weekend and opened up with Ole Miss and a pretty good weekend, huh? Yeah, they got a three-set sweep over the Rebels. Hannah Maddox had 16 kills, a very good outing for her. Turned around the next day and put up 21. I was standing there at one point. It's like, okay, so what's her career record? And I was trying to find numbers. I actually ended up walking two rows down the stands to ask her parents, (laughs) who told me that, that her college record was 28 and that her high school was somewhere in the 30s. Oh, wow. So now I know that. Uh, and then soccer had a really good game. They played Georgia State. Georgia State currently sitting tops in the Eastern Division of the Sunbelt Conference right now in soccer. And that is a very, very good offensive team. And for South Alabama to hold them scoreless was great. It was a scoreless tie this past Sunday. And then volleyball. I want to ask you, Charlie, because you were there, obviously. The Ole Miss game, how electric was that atmosphere having an SEC team in Jag Gym? You know, it was a ton of fun. There was a decent contingency of Ole Miss fans there. That being said, Jag Nation really, really showed out for volleyball this weekend. I mean, the gym was packed for every game. Thursday night was Greek night, of course, for that Ole Miss game. So you had the Greek societies there. Not only that, you had representatives from basketball, soccer, softball, track, a ton of great athletic support and a ton of fans in there as well. That's awesome. Uh, How much fun just was it to to see the team? Because, you know, we've seen them on plus because they've been on the road for for three weeks. And you and I have talked with Coach Ortiz about just how the 
how the team's been doing, how they're feeling. You know, the the record I know at the time going into the weekend, they were three and six, came away with three wins. Now they're at five hundred. But you and I had talked with Coach about how they just wanted to be challenged, and um, how cool is it to see this team dishing out some challenges this past weekend? You know, it was really cool, JT. They played really great ball. They were so fast on the court. Like that's one of the things that stands out to me is when you get with around these women's athletics programs is how fast the pace of play is, how good the athletes are when you get out there and get to watching them. And the volleyball team is exceptional right now for South Alabama. They brought in some great transfers the past couple of years. They've got a lot of great homegrown products and some real talents out there. I mean, you've got the Sunbelt Conference preseason libero of the year and Rachel Hickey, Kaylee Keebles, the Sunbelt Conference setter of the week this past week and the preseason setter of the year. Nikki Capizzi is First team all Sunbelt Conference this year. I mean, it has been great seeing how good that team is up close and personal. They've been a lot of fun to watch. And they'll actually they'll head back on the road this weekend before coming back home for some conference play. Um, let's talk a little bit football before we go to a break here, Charlie. Um, obviously, 32-31, not the result we wanted for Jags football. A tough way to end it on the, the last second field goal. Had some opportunities, but a lot to be proud of for, for Jag Nation. Really... Um, playing toe-to-toe with a Power 5 at their place two hours away out on the West Coast. A lot of weird factors, but uh, pretty impressive showing what the Jags had last weekend. Yeah, you know, JT, one thing that really stood out to me was the way the Jags held their own in the trenches. Offensive line and defensive line played spectacular. And as that game went along, I listened to the radio broadcast right up until the final minute of the fourth quarter with you, J.D. Byers, and Pat Greenwood. It seems like every couple of plays a Jag would go out Somebody else would come in and make a play. And then whoever went out, banged up, knocked and bruised, came right back out there and started making plays themselves again. It was great to see the perseverance and the energy from the team this weekend. Absolutely. But result not what we wanted. We'll talk more about the game with head coach Kane Womack and J.D. Byers will join us. Charlie, appreciate you hopping on here for a bit. You and I will uh, be joined by Tommy Hicks and Chris May this weekend for uh, Jags hosting Louisiana Tech. That'll be a lot of fun up in the booth. Looking forward to it. It definitely will, JT. Can't wait. I'll see you on Saturday, man. All right. We'll take a time out here. Kane Womack and J.D. Byers join us when we come back on the Kane Womack Show. Taking your questions live, the Kane Womack Show continues from Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Once again, here's J.D. Byers and J.T. Crabtree. We don't know what you got or didn't get in that first break. Uh, hey, the folks in the restaurant got to hear that part. True. But I can assure you that if you were listening uh, on a stream platform or in your car, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. You, yeah it was just, <laughs> we're just us. We're just hamming it up. It's when, it's, when it's JD and JT, you're not missing anything. What you want is this part when Coach Kane Womack joins us. Coach, welcome in. Hey, glad to be on. The uh, game is... Uh, I, liked, I, I hate being wrong more than I like being right. But I feel very fond that uh, I was right in that I told so many people when they would have – I did a lot of media last week, as you probably had too, the, you know, wanting interviews, wanting the breakdown, right. and how's, how, what's it going to be like going to the Rose Bowl, yada, yada. And I had a lot of friends reach out. Hey, man, I uh, hope, hope you hang with them. And I'm, I respond, I'm like, we're going to win <laughs> yeah, this thing. I know. It. I don't know what you're – you know, and know. we went out there and, out, you know, outperformed them at every position. 
Uh, and just about every statistical category. Very proud of them, and I know you are. Well, I am for sure. Um, I, you know, I thought we did a lot of good things um, in the game. Uh, you know, sprinkled into some of the, uh, we were we were certainly the most physical uh, team on the field. You know, I thought we dominated them physically. Um, you know, uh, out outplayed them in a in a number of areas. Uh, however, for our football team, if you if you take off the helmets and the logos, our football team played more inconsistent in that football game. And, you know, I told the team, if we're being honest with ourselves, that game probably did not need to be close in the fourth quarter if we're executing to the level that we're capable of. And, you know, we, we left it tight. Uh, you know, you get a couple calls in a, in a Pac-12 stadium with Pac-12 officials. You know, you can you can argue all you want about that fumble with LaDamian uh, that obviously, you know, was a critical point in the game. Uh, but ultimately, you cannot leave those things to chance. Um, you you turn the ball over two times. Uh, we we don't uh, we don't do what we need to do situationally on defense. Uh, we've got to find ways ways to score touchdowns in the fourth quarter. We did not score touchdowns in the fourth quarter. One of it was a lack of execution from our offense and, and communication breakdown, and then the other one was was on me. You know, our offense drove the ball down to a fourth and two situation. Um, I, I could have left our offense on the field and given them an opportunity to go for it on fourth down and go score points. Um, and we opted for for a field goal and something that we saw on film and an opportunity um, that uh, that obviously did not work out. And I would have loved to have seen um, what it would have looked like for our offense to stay on the field and, and execute there. So came up too short, uh, but in all honesty, probably um, shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. I have access on this quick, this is what they call the quickie final. I don't have every rusher, every ball carrier for South Alabama. I do have Damian Webb. Tyrion Avery, and of course the quarterback Bradley, who rushed four times. Uh, this may go into a question we'll jump into here in just a moment because they're already coming in via our text. Yep. Of the three rushers, the gain, gross, and net were the same, meaning they didn't lose yardage on any run of the football. The Damian Webb. Rushed for 124 and netted 124 and averaged 7.8. Yeah. Tyrion Avery. Rushed for 29, netted 29, averaged almost six yards a carry. That I think you got to look at the guys in front of them. Now they're good ball no carriers, but your O line really pushed that line. I mean, I think our O line is is you know certainly the most improved unit on the field. Um, you, you just look at we've gone through three games now. Um, you know, a, a, one of which is a, a team that, you know, prides themselves in their ability to play physical in Central Michigan. We out-physicaled them the entire day. You walk into a, a, a Power 5 uh, uh, stadium against a team that has a number of, of four- and five-star players, um, big up front, uh, and we physically manhandled them. You know, I, I think just what we've been able to accomplish Honing in on the runs that we feel very confident and comfortable with, and then obviously, you know, you got to credit uh, our backfield, and, and particularly Ladamian Webb. Uh, he is um, he is a true difference maker, uh, and pretty exciting to watch on game day. Yeah, that kind of leads into the question that uh, we had, Coach. The first one, and if you want to ask a question, you can text it in two five one three zero one eight zero two three. They said, in your opinion, was this the best performance by a Jaguar offensive line? Ever, they seem to move the line of scrimmage up at the second level just about every single rushing play. You know, I, obviously, I'm, I'm probably not um, uh, uh, 
in a position to where I could uh, could comment on that for for the entirety of our of our history. I'll say this is my fourth season in our program, and by far this was the the most impressive offensive performance in terms of our O line play. You know, we don't give up a sack, we don't give up negative plays against them. And we effectively run the football. Uh, and I think, you know, you can say all those things, and our best football in terms of being able to run the football is ahead of us. Um, you know, we have yet to run the ball for 200 yards uh, in a football game. We need to continue to work to establish that, uh, to be a consistent team that runs the football. Uh, and frankly, you know, we had some opportunities there, um, even even in the fourth quarter, uh, you know the drive bef- the, the the drive before the last drive of the game that we did not execute well enough in the run game and there were a number of reasons for that uh, but those are things that we feel like we left things on the table uh, which is disappointing obviously uh, to come up one point short in a game like that but it's also really exciting to think about what we're capable of moving forward that physicality that aggressiveness uh, the domination by those offensive linemen can I lighten it just a little bit and tell you a story that happened? Yeah, yeah. I think I came pretty close to getting banned from the Rose Bowl by Friday afternoon, Sunday. Well, just add that to your long list of places that you've been banned from. But uh, So we're, we, we go to the stadium, and we're going to set up the booth because it's an early kick the next day. Yeah. Things need to be done, so we're not concentrating on that. We're uh, going to the elevator shaft, but we're not really sure where we're going. So this guy's like, yeah, I'll take you up there to the media level. I'm with Pac-12 Network. I'm like, oh, hadi da. And uh, I so appreciate it. We really, this is our first time here. And I'm kind of bent over getting the uh, handle back down on one of the cases. He said, I could tell you guys were from Alabama. Y'all talk real slow and stuff. Oh, my. Well, I got the handle down on the case, and we're getting on the elevator. And I took a step at him and stood straight up, and he comes to about my shoulder. And I said, <laughs> by 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, you're going to know all about southern Alabama. <laughs> and, and, and he just looked at me, and I didn't blink, and I had that thing coming up uh, yeah. jt was go. standing over there like what are you starting here uh i said don't worry it's two of them two ball. of us and uh he go he said oh no 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 what i mean was blah blah, blah. i said what do you mean and then he stuck his hand out for a handshake and i said no we're good uh and we went to our booth and i'm like tomorrow they're gonna find out but he's yeah. not part of uh no, ucla but he's part of the pac-12 network and they think they have this power five cachet but it goes back to how we talked yeah. last show Football can have a regional style, strategy, scheme, and flavor that's a little different. And it's nice to see when a team from the southeastern part of the United States go and play physical against the Pac-12 like that. Well, I think, you know, you, you think it, we've, we've taken two uh, very long road games right back-to-back here. Uh, one in the Midwest and, and out-physicaled that team and then certainly yeah. to go uh, on the West Coast and uh, and to out-physical uh, a Power 5 team that uh, that I don't think necessarily expected that. I, you know, I talked to Chip Kelly uh, after the game and, you know, he gave me one of those Wow, man, uh, that was that was really something. Uh, and those are complimentary. You know, I, I respect Chip and what he's been able to accomplish. He's been in the game for a long time, um, and uh, and just to know uh, that uh, that certainly we did come up short is 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 disheartening because I felt like that was one we should have pushed away with at the end. Uh, but also, you know, uh, this is a good football team. 
South Alabama has a good football team, and we've got a chance. Um, you know, you we, we we don't look ahead as a as a football team and all those things, but you know, if you're if you're a fan, right, just go look at look at our schedule, look at what we have an opportunity to do, um, and and what we're capable of as a program. And this week is a very pivotal week in establishing one what we play and how we play at home, but two, setting ourselves up to show that we can respond after a tough loss. Um, and the grittiness that that would show in our football team is a huge step forward. This is a massive week for South Alabama football. And yeah, we'll talk more about that lots that game yeah. coming up later on the show. But I want to ask you, too, just the fact that we are coming back home after two long trips right? that are Shoot, I'm still tired from the flights out there and yeah. back. I mean, how much of it, just even from a logistics standpoint, is that everything is just a little bit easier, more familiar this week? Well, I, I think so, and and I think you know you credit um, our our support staff and our administration did a tremendous job on two road games. One of which that we went a day early, right? And there's a you know logistical uh, nightmare when you're traveling through Los Angeles, California. Um, but uh, but I will say the the challenge for us. Oftentimes it's not it's not even that week. It's the week after, right? Recovering from those two road games, um, and also you know there there's a there is a physical uh, response from coming from a hard loss, right? Mentally, what that does to your team, physically, what that does to you, and having to be able to mentally and physically respond the next week after being on the road, after having going through a tough loss, after going through a physical game. Um, this this is a this is a pivotal uh, opportunity for us. What we do, uh, you know, really, I guess, you know, today all the way through Saturday. I, I won't ask you to reveal, you know, specific personal information. Did it take a toll on us health wise? Well, you know, out some there in the yeah, physical game. You know, I mean, when you play as hard and as physical as we do, um, you know, you're going to get some guys banged up for sure. Um, and, and we we do. We've got a couple couple tight ends that um, you know that. Uh, are, are going to uh, going to have to recover uh, quickly, um, and uh, and took a, a shot. Uh, Jamar Richardson took a shot right there on his forearm. So we're looking to see what uh, what happens with him here in the coming days. But uh, you know, you got all kinds of bangs and bruises on top of that. Wait, uh, can we have two corners wearing casts on their arm? Yeah, we didn't I know, even know right? about uh, Let's just, uh, the real looters. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so looter. Uh, had a little uh, wrist that uh, that we got, you know, obviously great news on last week, and so he was able to put just a little uh, splint on it, and he's good to go. Still able to do all the things he needs to do in terms of jamming and pressing, and uh, you know that's one thing. You know, there, there's unsung heroes in games like this. Um, you know, they they had some talented wide receivers. Uh, we put. Uh, looter on an island all day, and and I assume you guys probably never talked about him, right? Because he yeah. didn't give up yeah. big plays. They didn't and, throw his way. You know, they they tried they tried one or two times. If I if I remember correctly, there were two times that they tried a one on one shot and said this ain't gonna happen, this ain't gonna work because Darrell Looter just does his job. And you know, you talk about guys like Darrell Looter who have been so consistent in our program. You talk about a guy like Jalen Wayne who has been here. You know, we he has matured so much in our program. Jalen Wayne is just a consistent worker on game day, and and I, I joked with him. I'm not. I told him I'm not sure if I was ever going to be able to say that about you, you know, because he's such an emotional, passionate player. 
but but he has just become a steady force in our offense. And we get him the ball on third down, and he makes plays. And we get him the ball in a random you know uh, uh, perimeter screen, and he makes plays. And then when he makes those plays, he just goes right back to work and does his job. I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about Jalen Wayne. And the best way that I can represent that is through the number five jersey, which he will be wearing this week uh, oh, wow. for our football team against Louisiana Tech. Awesome. awesome. Jalen Wayne, seven catches, 76 yards. Uh, didn't get in the end zone, but, man, if I am the corner covering Jalen Wayne last Saturday and it's third and anything, I'm nervous because he was catching everything, and it didn't he matter did. if it was sideline, over the middle, where it takes guts. Wayne was really uh, guts personified. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I mean, he, he converted on some massive third downs for us, um, critical points in the game. He also, you know, uh, he, he does a tremendous job of blocking on the perimeter. When you're 6'2", 200, yeah. and, you know, whatever pound that he is, um, you're going to be able to move people on the perimeter, and I thought he does a tremendous job in that regard as well. More of the Kane Womack Show. We're at Bob Howard's Victory Grill, Shops of Bel Air in Mobile. Again, if you'd like to text in a question, let's see if I got this right. 251-301-8023. You got it. I did it slow there, so you can write it down. Again, we welcome your text. Just text your question in. We'll get it into the show. More with Kane Womack when we return. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama. The Kane Womack Show continues. The uh, Bulldogs of La Tech are coming off a walloping at Clemson, South Carolina against the number four Tigers. 48-20 was the final of that one, and La Tech is 1-2. We'll talk about that team and Sonny Comby here in just a moment. Kane Womack continuing with us here from Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Legendary fun, legendary food. Join us for lunch every Monday, 11 to noon, even when we have an off week. We'll have a show for you. Uh, coach, immediately after the game, uh, kind of behind the scenes, uh, JT and I have to keep our binoculars on, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you because when you come over and give us post-game comments with Tommy Hicks, we don't want you waiting around. Uh, but uh, I was watching you to see when I needed to pitch it to Tommy, and Luis Gonzalez, Game 7. World Series hero comes up and pat you on the back. Yeah. Great uh, South Alabama alum. <clears throat> he is. I, I actually got to got to meet Luis um, when uh, when I was here before uh, as a defensive coordinator, and we played in the Arizona Bowl, and he came and spoke to our team, um, and uh, was really great then, and and really enjoyed listening to him and hear him talk about uh, you know just the mentality that you have to have to play the you know, any game, right, that there is. And, and there's so many crossovers in terms of uh, what it takes to be a great baseball player. Uh, but uh, but certainly he's just a great ambassador for us. Loves South Alabama. Uh, was was passionate on our sideline. He was, I mean, he, he was, was into it. He was into it. It was fun to watch. Um, and so to be able to get to see and visit with him a little bit before the game, and then he was so complimentary after the game. I really appreciate that. JT, he's front office still with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, part of the organization. special advisor to the GM or president, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's got to be a cool gig. Uh, man, look what Brian's eating over there. What is that? That looks oh, marvelous. You really need to come have lunch with us, folks. You get to meet K uh, Coach Kane Womack, hang out with Jag fans. We do it at Baumhauer's Monday, 11 a.m. Coach, I also watch, though, afterwards, uh, while we're watching you, part of the surveying the field as the teams are shaking hands, I watch Chip Kelly. The head coach, UCLA, had a very good four years with Oregon, uh, won over three-fourths of his game. He goes on to the NFL three or four seasons with the Eagles. Now he's head coach at UCLA. Uh, I watched him for a moment. He got in between our tunnel and our players 
And he stayed on the field and shook the hand of every Jag player he possibly could. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a class act, but he it also was. spoke to you after the game. It was. It was, um, you know, I, we, we got a chance to talk a little bit before the game, and I don't know Chip personally, uh, but know a lot of people that do know him and, and uh, really enjoyed my conversation with him before the game. And then after the game, you know, we're, we're sitting there and shaking hands and, uh, you know, I, I I can't say the words that he said on the radio, but it was it was uh, it was uh, overwhelming uh, in terms of his impression on our football team, and uh, and that was that was encouraging to hear. I, I really appreciate that in him. You know, uh, I, I think that they knew uh, that they were going against a tough team talking to him before the game. Uh, but I think, you know, he, he, his comment, you know, look, you take the logos off, whatever you want. This is just a good football team. Uh, and I appreciate him saying that. And, and you know, certainly uh, you look at those opportunities and, and uh, the truth is we are a good football team and we probably left one on the table. And that hurts. It should hurt all of us. Um, but at the same time, it also gives us some uh, some passion about what we can do moving forward. Well, I've got a story secondhand, at least from Pat Greenwood. After the game, he goes down and grabs you for a TV <laughs> post. And he actually rode the elevator down with UCLA's coaches. And the yeah. coaches waited for the elevator. Did he get in a fight, too, Mike <laughs> J.D.? Or? He did not. No. <laughs> but he, uh, he I wait. wanted cooler heads prevail. <laughs> Their, JD. Their, uh, their coaches waited for the doors to, to close on the elevator before they turned to Pat and said, yeah, we're never playing you guys again. <laughs> it's, it's gotta, I appreciate that. Yeah. I do. You know, I, I would love to play them again, honestly. But uh, uh, but uh, I, I think, you know, um, what our team has to start understanding, and I, and I hope that we set an expectation moving forward. We talked about expecting to win, and our whole sideline really did. They expected to win. But what expecting to win creates is an opportunity to be in those moments and when you do you have to operate with more consistency i'm really proud of our team there's a lot of things that you can point to on the field and in the stat sheet that were really really good but we didn't play well enough you know you can say what you want this team did not play well enough and what we're capable of and we lost the football game because of it and so those are the things that we have to have a real urgency in our program uh to get better and i I have a quick thing here dante lucas after the game has come out of the locker room i just happened to run into him he came to me and was like, sorry about the result. We'll play better. You know, yeah. I, I really like hearing that from him. Uh, I'm telling you. I mean, our, our guys, um, you know, take take the, this this football team, these, the group of guys that are in that locker room are changing the expectation of this football program. All right? Wow. And that is the most exciting thing about South Alabama football right now. They, they are hungry. Um, they know they have more in them, and they are working every day to get the most out of our football team as individuals so that we can go do the things we want to do collectively. We'll wrap this part up. We have to get to a commercial break. Uh, Bryant Lavender? Yeah. Did I get the first name right? I, yeah. I don't know why I'm having one of those days. He had a, uh, uh, I think it was a Facebook comment. Uh, by the way, he got passed on the all-time career receptions by Jalen Wayne who also passed Jamarius Way. Correct. Uh, Jalen Wayne's catches this. They're moving him up. I don't know if he'll yeah. ever catch Jalen Tolbert. Uh, but he said after the, these last two weeks, uh, and I like what he said, but then I thought about it. He said the price of playing a Sunbelt team in a guarantee game just went way up. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, but will our phones ring anymore? <laughs> because they may not even want to play. Yeah. Then you're going to have to try to pry a check out of them because now I think <laughs> – uh, when you get outside the Power Five, you may have a Sunbelt group of five that's a little bit better than the Pac-12 overall. And I say that genuinely. I'm not hyperbolizing. Arizona and Arizona State have no idea what they're doing right now. Uh, 
but it, it's the true nature of it. When you look for guaranteed games, it may be hard to get. Well, when you have good athletes and you you execute, um, you know, fairly consistently. Obviously, we didn't well enough. Uh, and you play as physical as we play, that's not really the games that you want to pay for. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I think, you know, you look at the Sun Belt, um, you look at the level of play uh, in this league, and it is challenging. And there's going to be some weeks now. This is where, uh, you know, our our best football is, is ahead of us, but it needs to be ahead of us. Uh, because when you get in this league, you better show up every yeah. dang week. Uh, because there are teams... Uh, that are going to have big momentum wins, uh, and then they're going to have to respond after that. And there's going to be teams that go through tough losses, and they're going to have to respond after that. The team, I, I promise you, and you can mark it down right now, the team that plays the most consistent is going to end up being in the Sun Belt Championship. And that ultimately, if we can show up every single week, and that's why I say this is such a pivotal week for us, because we need to show that we can respond after a tough loss, being on the road for two weeks, that we're a program that can show up consistently. And we have an opportunity to do that. And what I told our players, I said, we're going to have more fans inside Hancock Whitney Stadium than we ever have to show up. So so our fans don't need to make me a liar on Saturday. We need to show up. We need to invite people. We need to have an atmosphere that everyone that's associated with South Alabama football can be proud of on Saturday. And then our team needs to go execute. Dilly dilly. <laughs> we're with you. Right. We're coming back. Warren, Co- uh, Coach Kane Womack, we're going to preview the La Tech game he was just talking about. Six o'clock kick, airtime on the network for South Alabama Jags versus the Bulldogs out of Conference USA, four o'clock. We'll talk about that with the coach when we return to Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Legendary food, legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. All the TVs in here. There's something on every one of them. There's a look inside Commonwealth Stadium in case you missed the Kentucky versus Youngstown State Penguins. <laughs> well, that's now Kroger Field. Oh, it is. That's correct. Yeah. It's not Com- well Kroger Field inside Commonwealth. Is that Some, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, nearby Rupp Arena, where yes. when they win a football game, they cut down the nets. <laughs> so we got. We're going to talk about uh, La Tech, and I may have fibbed to Coach Kane Womack. I said the second half hour is all going to be about the preview. I, w- I did want to say because my my opinion means nothing, but I. I I felt it appropriate to bring it in right here. Is I've told you before, sometimes it's just a it's just a habit. I go after a game, and I look at stats, and I don't look at their numbers, but I look at their names. And I look across, and I try to think, even linemen, is there anybody on the other team, just evaluate them, because sometimes in conference play, I have to vote for all conference. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to evaluate and remember <clears throat> people who stuck yeah. in my head. Yeah. And I get in the habit of going at every position, that I like their guy better than our guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not making it up. I went through the entire lineup. In my opinion, Carter Bradley's arm, I don't know if we'll I'm face. Nice. Probably won't see a better arm this year that's better than his, and that's if we play 20 teams. I would agree. The only guy that stood out, and I wouldn't say I would replace one of our guys with him, but in the receiving core, I was pretty impressed with that Bobo kid. He was yeah. a big target. He was. He's a big target, um, and uh, and presents some challenges. You know what I mean? When they can, when he's got a quarterback, uh, and uh, and Dorian Thompson Robinson who can, uh, you know, deliver the ball. He's got he's got uh, good arm talent as well. He's not you know not Carter Bradley, but uh, but he's got a good arm. And uh, and what 
what they're also able to do is his ability to scramble and create. When you're scrambling and receivers are working to get open and you're a big receiver like that, all it takes, right, is to, to kind of move and, and throw the ball opposite of the uh, of the leverage of the defender. And, and, uh, and so I thought he made some good plays in the game for sure. Well, Coach, uh, moving towards looking at the La Tech game, actually I have a question about that. Uh, they said, hey, Coach, great game, tough loss after – Watching the upsets around the conference this past weekend, how can we prevent a loss of concentration after such a big game? Uh, I'm telling you, that is, uh, that is the question right there, right? And, uh, and that is, I've told everybody in our building, uh, you know, this is a pivotal week for South Alabama football. Um, and I, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, certainly our fan base needs to show up on Saturday. Uh, we need to have great energy. We need to start setting the expectation of what it's supposed to look like inside Hancock-Whitney Stadium. And that's across the board. That's our fans. Um, that's tailgating. That is operation and certainly our ability to execute and play to the standard that we're capable of on game day. And so I told our team as soon as the game was over, all right, that was a tough loss. I want you to feel that loss for a little while. But you have to get in your minds right now that we have to respond, right? This is a massive week to show that we are moving forward as a football program because we can respond after a, a tough loss. I, I, we always have a coordinator meeting uh, with our coordinators leading up to the game. We do them on Thursdays. And I told our guys on Thursday, I said, regardless of the outcome of this game against UCLA, this team is going to have to respond. We go in there and win that football game. It's a tremendous upset. You know, we're the darlings of college football, all those things. But we got to respond the next week and show we can execute consistently. We don't come up. You know, we come up short in that game. We've got to show that we cannot let one tough loss, right, uh, play into two. And so us being able to show up, this is a massive week for us. Preview of the La Tech game. When we return, we're up against a commercial break. Hey, still time for you to come join us at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Any day of the week, all the TVs are on. You'll love it. Legendary fun, legendary food. More with Kane Womack when we return. Taking your questions live. The Kane Womack Show continues from Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Once again, here's J.D. Byers and J.T. Crabtree. La Tech coming off a loss against number four Clemson, 48-20. Uh, Coach Kane Womack, it was only a 13-6 game at the half. Yeah, though. I, I, I tell you what, um, you know, I've, I've watched uh, watched them from their first game against Missouri. On, uh, You know, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Sonny Cumbie. He's had a tremendous career offensively, uh, been, you know, uh, led some of the most high-powered offenses in, in, in the country. Um and I think that they are getting better. They're getting more efficient. They're going to take everything that you give them, you know, that traditional air raid style of offense, right, that they're going to just take things and, and work to open grass, uh, but really impressed with the effort and play of their defense. Uh, I, you know, Major and I, we were both, you know, we all watch film and, and do all those things, and I watch offense, defense, special teams, the whole thing, and I actually watch the game in sequence, right? So oh, okay. from kickoff to the very last play of the game, and it helps me kind of understand how this game's going to be played, how to utilize the analytics, how to manage our team through a game. And I called Mage at about, I don't know, 9.45 last night, and he's watching, and we both said almost simultaneously, he's like, these guys are pretty dang good. Um, I, I think this is a I think this is a more complete defense than what we saw from UCLA last week, um, and so we've got to uh, do a great job. They're really aggressive. They play very hard, and they take away easy access windows. And so we're going to have to do a great job at one running the football. I've, I've put a challenge to our team. We've got to we've we've got to establish a run, and and they got to be t- 
tough, gritty runs, uh, knowing that every now and then they may get a TFL because they do so much on defense. And then we got to go back and respond. Uh, and then certainly when we take our shots, we've got to capitalize on them. Well, I want to ask you, Coach, about the other side on the offense for a lot second. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It seems like they're pretty good at putting up some points. Well, I think so. I mean, I think they have um, – you know, I think they have some some solid receivers. Um, they've got a, a, a number three. I'm blanking on his name right now. Is a, a, a good good solid receiver for them. Uh, Griffin, um, yes. A bear, yes. Uh, good good player. Uh, actually, Julian I think Lewis. A, a, Julian Lewis is number three. Griffin yeah. A bear is their tight end, number five, um, and he has done a really good job as well. Uh, and so really impressed with, with some of their receiving core um, and, and at their tight end as a, as a good receiver. Has had some really long catches as well. Uh, and what he does, yards after catch as well, is impressive. Uh, I think they are, are getting better on their offensive line uh, through, through three weeks. Uh, they made a change as it looks at the quarterback position. I'm not exactly certain why. Um, uh, and they, they probably have not taken care of the football to the level that they would like to, uh, turning it over too much. And had they not, um, you know, I think they'd be an even more efficient offense. And so uh, the way they played, in, in the, particularly in the first half, offensively, defensively, and special teams against Clemson is what I would expect to show up on Saturday. Like to throw it, though. What, uh, six they do. rushing yards. They do like to throw it. You know, I think you know our defense and and what we've been able to do on the defensive line and linebackers and leveraging the ball. You know, we're we're a tough team to run on, and I think this week is going to be no different. They're going to have a hard time establishing a run game. We cannot give them the easy access throws on the outside, uh, and we've also got to be consistent to not give up any explosive plays. And if we do that uh, and execute situationally, uh, we're certainly going to like the outcome of the game. So is it? Is it spread? Is it five wide, empty backfield a lot? What, what would a fan of South Alabama expect then coming up Saturday from this LaTeX yeah, offense? Yeah, you're, you're going to get uh, what we call 10 pictures and 11 pictures and empty pictures. So those 10 pictures are going to be four wide receivers. That's all going to be out of 11 personnel. Their number five, their tight end, uh, is going to look like a long wide receiver. Uh, in fact, he's probably going to be similar to that you know, number nine against UCLA the other day. Um, just, just a long guy that can really run. They spread him out in 10 pictures. They will get him on, you know, attached to the, the offensive tackles and what we call an 11 picture. Uh, and then they'll move in and out of some empty stuff. So they're going to spread it out. They're going to take what's given to them. They're going to find ways to attack us on the perimeter and the easy underneath throws. And then they're going to take some deep shots downfield, particularly on the outside that, uh, that we've got to be ready for. When you say 10 picture, 11 picture, is 10 a running back next to the quarterback, no tight end. Yeah. 11, we will see perhaps a tight end with a running back. Yeah, so so when uh, uh, it's it's interesting the the verbiage and terminology that we use in football, right? When we say a 10 picture, that means that they're going to be in four wide, but it may be a tight end out there, right? So they yeah. may be 11 personnel, 10 picture. Uh, they're going to be in 11 personnel pretty much the whole game. Huh. They're just going to get in and out of 10 pictures, 11 pictures and empty pictures. I didn't realize that picture and personnel was a different word they're different words yeah they are different words so the picture right would assume that they have four wide receivers on the field but they may do that at 11 personnel so we'll say all the time hey these guys are in 11 make 10 so 11 make 10 or 12 make 11 or you know whatever it is right we we use that verbiage and terminology to talk about yeah (laughs) well that's craps sorry (laughs) there you go (laughs) well speaking of their personnel we've seen we put you know, web out wide and move them around and whatnot. We right. see some similar stuff from Lotzak there too. Not as not nearly as formational no. as we are. I, you know, I mean, we are 
we are very challenging from an offensive standpoint to, to deal with all the motions and shifts and formations and check with me's. And, um, you know, we present a lot of challenges to people. They're going to be a little bit more, you know, they're going to spread out. At times they will go tempo. That's a piece of their offense, uh, very similar to what Oregon was, or excuse me, Oregon, um, UCLA. Uh, and what Chip Kelly has always been, but he's not, a, you know, Chip was not uh, as fast at UCLA as he was at Oregon. Uh, same deal, you look at Sonny Cumbie and some of the things he was at, at uh, you know, back at, at Texas Tech and TCU and all that. Um, not quite as fast, uh, but certainly they'll spread those things around. Coach, on our side, getting ready in the preps, uh, Carter Bradley, really good numbers against UCLA, 26 of 36. 237 yards and did not get sacked. So a lot of uh, yeah. congratulations, pat on the back of the offensive line. Uh, so versus the defensive La Tech, and I know you don't, you know, put play out the whole game plan for us, and it's being broadcast on the radio. We wouldn't right. expect you to. But what opportunities do you see given our offensive style and talent against a La Tech defense? Yeah, I think um, you know the new defensive coordinator. Obviously, it's a whole new staff. Um, the the coordinator brought two corners uh, with him from uh, from I believe Stephen F. Austin. Oh. Um, uh, both of them very good football players. Who they had um, to play, by the way. Uh, they, they, did, they did. They did. They actually turned around and played them, um, and uh, and got after them pretty good. But uh, you know, I, I think their defensive personnel. They, you know, I wouldn't say that they have an elite pass rusher. I think they've got some really good, solid players that they keep fresh throughout the game. They rotate them quite a bit. I think their back end it has some talent and has some length. Um, and their linebackers play really hard. I, I, what, what I think they do a good job of is they're schematically challenging. You're going to see a lot of different looks and pictures from them. They do a lot of different pressures on third down uh, to try to get the ball uh, out of the quarterback's hands or get, get the quarterback off the spot or certainly make a negative play um, or create a negative play, rather. And then they just play they play very, very hard. Uh, and so I think they're, they present as many challenges for us defensively from their defense uh, that we've seen uh, in the first three weeks. Leading tackler is Tyler Grubbs. I know you've already seen him on film, Coach. 18 tackles uh, for B.J. Williamson, so nobody's yeah. really just ran away with this just yet. 19, by the way, of those Tyler Grubbs tackles were solo so far in the season. This is a team that's uh, forced five fumbles, recovered three interceptions. They've picked two through the first three games, so they're playing good in the secondary, but does anybody here just stand out like they could be over in Conference USA side of things, all conference on this La Tech team? Well, I think you got to point to to both their corners. Um, I think both those guys are really good football players. Um, you know, you even look, they, they put them in a lot of one-on-one matchups against Clemson because they're primarily a, what we call a one-high team, right? They're going to play cover three or man-to-man, uh, and they're going to put those guys in matchups. And, uh, and I thought they did a tremendous job against Clemson's wide receivers for the majority of the night. Obviously, you know, Clemson got a couple of them on them uh, we're going to have to do the same when we take shots downfield we got to capitalize on that so establishing a, a run a run game uh, that's consistently that can wear them down as the game goes on and then certainly uh, being able to to uh, capitalize on our shots downfield you were on staff when we played them back in Ruston right uh, yes. Yeah. 18 and 17. I was, uh, 17. I was there. And the Was it Jalen Ferguson? Was there end rusher there that was pretty darn good? He man? was. They very, usually have very, pretty good 
in they rushing. have you know i mean they've got receivable yeah I, I believe you're right yeah they've, they've got some talented players um you know and 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 still have talented players and and uh you know, credit to, to what Sonny's probably been able to do in a short amount of time. And then, you know, you look at Skip Holtz, who I've known for a long time. Skip's always done a tremendous job uh, in, in recruiting. So, I, you know, I think this is a really good matchup. I, I'll say this. If we do what we are capable of doing, um, you know, I, I look at our opportunity and we're going to go win this football game. But we have to respond against a team that is highly competitive. They play their tails off. They're getting better every single week. And we got to show up. I just want to put Conference USA in their place is all. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't get to call a play Saturday, but uh, I, I digress. Coach, so much of your time spent with us, and we appreciate it. I know it's valuable. You've got other media duties today with a Monday, and uh, as we approach a home game, 6 o'clock kick against LaTeX. Thanks so much for joining us here at Baumhauer's. All right, I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's all show up and, and set the expectation of what, uh, what we want Hancock-Whitney Stadium and our football program to look like moving forward. We can pack out the stadium because uh, – Man, the Mitchell Center had a lot of folks. Nexus Theater. There were a lot of watch parties. Uh, yeah. For what we hear, we're over in the Rose Bowl at the top floor. Uh, felt like we were miles away from the action, but uh, we got to see some of the images at the Mitchell Center. I think it got pretty rowdy. It was pretty good. And then, uh, I wanted to know because we could hear the USA chants up oh, top. I, How great I, was well, it? Well, and I, I actually—that's what I was about to point out. I, I thought it was tremendous. Uh, showing from from our fan base uh, to go across the country like that. Uh, when we created plays, uh, not even just the touchdowns, right, but when we when we did things well uh, in our football team, you heard our fan base. We were loud. We were aggressive, and they kind of put us right there in the corner of the end zone, and you still heard us uh, even on the other side of the field. So, uh, you know, I think, I think we are all setting a different expectation of what this football program is going to look like, and that's just not on the field. That is, that is our fan base and and the support that we're getting from this community as well i don't know the ticker symbol but buy some southwest airline stock because i think their revenues should go up uh, all the jack fans that flew out and made the game i was impressed as you were coach have a great rest of your day can't wait to see the team on saturday all right thanks guys jay's up we'll wrap up the kane womack show when we return we'll set the calendar for the rest of south alabama athletics department wide volleyball soccer etc you're listening to the kane womack show and we return after this to bob howers Taking your questions live. The Kane Womack Show continues from Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Once again, here's J.T. Byers and J.T. Crabtree. So the coach challenging you. If you haven't been to a game yet, you need to come on out. You need a big crowd for a 6 o'clock kick. It'll be nice and cool by then. Hancock-Whitney Stadium on the campus of the University of South Alabama versus La Tech. 6 o'clock. Come tailgate. Enjoy it. By the way, you can call ahead. Group rates, you can get really good deals on group rates of tickets of 15 or more, 461-1USA. Sonny Cumbie, head coach of La Tech. What a cool story, JT, in their uh, game against Clemson. Yeah, they played Clemson, and he actually walked out with a, a shirt that said hashtag E11A strong, and that was the for Brian Breeze, who's a defensive lineman for Clemson. His sister, uh, L actually passed away from brain cancer recently, and so he came out to show support with the shirt, but also the entire team wrote uh, wrote notes to Brian Breeze and to Clemson footballs over a hundred different handwritten letters um, with every member of the football team saying you know our condolences and whatnot so really cool gesture something that obviously they didn't have to do went out of their way to do it and uh, you know I, I know I always love a, a handwritten letter my grandpa used to write me one every month so uh, oh. I know that's uh, that's a it's a huge gesture from 
someone that you don't even know reaching out on the other side, uh, you know, it's bigger than football sometimes. I saw the box, and they put the handwritten letters inside envelopes with the LaTeX letterhead on them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure that's something that family will keep for a long, long time. J.D. Byers, J.T. Crabtree here to help you wrap up this episode of the Kane Womack Show. Uh, if you're listening, J.T., you and I could account for this and relay that looking into the eyes of Kane Womack, he's determined to get a win this weekend because the team was inconsistent but played so close. We're, we're ready, man. They're ready. The, the guys are ready. So it should be a lot of fun 6 o'clock this weekend on Saturday against Louisiana Tech. That does it for this week's episode of the Kane Womack Show. For head coach Kane Womack and for J.D. Byers, I'm J.T. Crabtree. We'll talk to you on Saturday from Hancock-Whitney Stadium. Go Jags! Through a partnership with iHeartRadio, the Kane Womack Show is a production of Jaguar Sports Properties and South Alabama Athletics and has been brought to you by Alabama Power, proud to support the South Alabama Jaguars, State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coca-Cola, together tastes better. Sonny's Barbecue, Tool Expo and Construction Supplies, Konica Sausage, True Southern flavor since 1947 air specialty your carrier dealer turn to the experts the alabama department of transportation drive safe alabama china doll and dixie lily foods dolphins restaurants elevating your dining experience 424 feet in the heart of mobile battlehouse renaissance hotel and spa in downtown mobile hacienda san miguel and azteca restaurants the IBEW Local 505 and by Coca-Cola and Coke Zero Sugar. Join us again next week. Go Jags!